right. Hello and welcome back, everybody, to the 306 Fantasy Football Podcast. Uh, we are here uh, recording on the Tuesday for our Wednesday, November 3rd, 2021, episode number 26. Uh, this week, following our Halloween special, we have the week number eight recap, and then we have our prepara- preparation for week number nine. Uh, we'll say hello to the fellows here before we kickstart this for sure. We'll, uh, we'll say hello to Zach. Zach, how are you enjoying your uh, first couple days off from the football season? <laughs> it could be better. Ooh, it could be little, better, a little, actually. A little big at you. <laughs> yeah, it could be better. I've been battling a cold for the past four days now, so it's been laying around at home, being lazy, uh, getting all fat and sassy. Um, <laughs> but uh, watching, we didn't, we watching didn't have lots that cold of movies. weather for our game, Zach. How can you get that sick? <laughs> <laughs> It's been a battle, guys. Yeah. Armand, how about yourself? You know, uh, pretty good. It's uh, As uh, our head coach for our football program has been saying all week, it's always a blessing to be playing football in November in Canada, especially high school football, right? And we're still going strong in case any of you who are really uh, interested in uh, Saskatchewan high school football. Jordan and I's team, uh, St. Mary, took on Zach's last week, and we, uh, it'd be safe to say we blew him out. <laughs> 39. Just keep that knife in there further, Armin. <laughs> yeah, I want to I wanna keep going. Yeah, we got, uh, we got a big week in this, not even Saskatchewan football, but a big week for PA football as uh, for the finals we got here. It's PA versus PA final, which is uh, from – I mean, for, for me, it's never happened, but I, I was trying to even think back, looking at some of the some of the scores and stuff that's been posted. I don't know if it's ever been a PAPA final before. So it's big for the city, big for the community, big for PA football. So um, hopefully Armin and I will come Thursday. We'll have have some exciting news to share in the following week, but we'll uh, we'll see. And regardless, win, lose or draw, it's going to be a it's going to be an exciting day of football in Prince Albert for sure, I think. Yeah, Jor, I think we had the the Div 3 final one of the years that I was at St. Mary's be a PAPA game. But uh, I think you're right. I don't think it's ever been a, a Div 2 PAPA matchup. Yeah, it's um like this this year, like you look at some like there was a I don't think like even from top down, there wasn't much of a divide. Hey, like this. I think right down the middle of the league was where you can kind of separate and put the the sand in or the line in the sand. But like there was a lot of good football across the board. And it's been a long time where some of these community school, I just want to say community schools, but like these, uh, I guess, quote unquote, rural school, rural schools, I've got to hang around with some of these Saskatoon teams. So it's nice to kind of see and hopefully get some recognition that these PA teams are going to get for hanging around these Saskatoon leagues. Cause it's, we always talk, we always joke about that. The saying was, well, you're playing PA. Well, let's take the W and walk out of town. But I don't think the I don't think that was the the persona by the end of the season for a lot of those Saskatoon teams, especially with how tough I think both PA teams have been playing. Uh, a lot of those Saskatoon teams, good buddy, good buddy of mine, and uh, uh, he's one of the co-hosts there of the uh, NC Squared podcast. He coaches at the Bethlehem School and um, talking football lots with him. He played junior football and obviously coaching at Bethlehem. He was uh he was very impressed with both both PA teams this year and how physical they were and how talented a lot of players are. So awesome for Saskatchewan football across the board, but it's uh it's great to hear PA to get a little bit of recognition too. 
Um, should we, uh, should we get this one going here? Um, I think we'll, before we start insiders and headliners, I just want to talk about this one. So, um, I talk about how fantasy football is a roller coaster of emotions. You know, you can ride the highs and there's good times and there's bad times. And, uh, there's, I think, you know, there's nothing better than when you're playing fantasy and on the Monday, you're sitting there watching the Monday nighter and you're holding your breath across your fingers that either you're going to come back and win in the Monday nighter or that your opponent is just, they're going to lay a goose egg and you're going to win your Monday night matchup. But uh, I was on the other end of a uh, emotional roller coaster here. Uh, I put a screenshot on our socials. I was going up against Daryl Williams and Travis Kelsey up playing was like 23 points. And I'm thinking, Hey, I got this in the bag. Like uh, I could go either way. I could go either way at halftime. I think Daryl Williams had like six points. Uh, Kelsey had like 0.7 points. I'm like, all right, not bad, not bad. And then they kept checking it down to Daryl Williams, kept checking it down to Daryl Williams. Then Kelsey had a big catch and fumbled in it. And I'll tell you, man, I was riding the roller coaster big time. <laughs> Final drive. And they give the stupid little shovel pass to Kelsey. I lose by one yard. Point <laughs> one zero. I was hoping for a stat correction this morning, but uh, I was not so lucky. So um, hopefully, uh, hopefully you guys there and your Monday nighters were on the right side of the, uh, the Monday night miracles. Myself, not so much, but just sharing a good, good story. I mean, maybe not, uh, maybe not this week, but maybe next week, Armour, we'll talk about our, uh, our Monday night showdown we had in uh, playoffs last year. Oh, I think arguably I'm one of the best football broken. games last year too. Like that was yeah. probably one of the better, especially Monday nighters last year. And it just so happened to be in week 14 of mine and Armin's playoff matchup. <laughs> oh, that was a heartbreaker. I was hoping for a stat correction on that one. I even like was watching and seeing if I could uh, find, find the stats in there myself on that last play to see if there was like one more yard or something like that. But oh. that was, um, that was the epitome of roller coaster. Yeah. My, my fiance knew she like, she's like, yeah, like he likes fantasy football, like football lots, but she's sitting there watching. She's like, is this game going to end? So we can like watch our shows. I'm like, yeah, like it'll be ending soon. And as I'm like been screaming at the TV for three and a half hours. And then the last play, oh, we'll, we'll get into another time, but I'm like screaming at my TV. no, no well the group chat is absolutely going banana lands like that to me that's that's the epitome of fantasy football that's, that was a lot of fun but uh we'll we'll, we'll share it we'll, we'll cue that one up next week Arm. what do you what do you say sounds good oh man yeah. roller coaster emotion that fantasy football is yeah i had two bad ones this week where i lost by like two points and one point as well so it was so funny after put- losses after I put that image up there on the social, so many people messaged me with their screenshots of winning by 0.5 by like literally five yards or, or <laughs> winning, winning on like a QB knee, uh, a last week and stuff like, like, like it's unbelievable. So it's a lot of, a uh, lot of interactions on the socials. So we're going to keep that going. Cause I think a lot of people are getting some, uh, some kicks out of, especially us taking some, some tough ones. So we'll keep the trend going, but We'll get ourselves going into some insiders and headliners here. And uh, this, we're going to start off with a tough one. So this news broke, obviously we're recording on the Tuesday today. Uh, this one broke as I was at work. And the first, my first thought was, oh my goodness, hope he's okay. But Henry Ruggs was in a serious car accident uh, Tuesday morning at 3.40 a.m. in Las Vegas. 
and I'm sitting there doing the old, like, oh man, like serious accident, no news, hopefully he's okay. And then a couple hours later, uh, the report was that uh, Henry Ruggs has been charged with uh, DUI causing death. So um, I read the reports. Uh, it's, 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 it's awful reading that. Like it kind of turns your stomach a little bit. And then the pictures started coming out. The videos are coming out and there's still things we're recording at nine o'clock right now. And there's still information coming out more videos. And like, if you look at the, the report, he rear-ended a, I think believe it was a RAV4. And to see what that vehicle, what both vehicles look like by getting rear-ended, like the guys had to have been going 150 miles an hour, blew the car up on fire. Like it was a complete disaster. Uh, obviously, uh, I know Zach, I believe it was you early in the year when we were talking about Melvin Gordon and his DUI stuff, you, you made a comment about the league needing to take a bigger stance on these instances and the DUIs. And I think this is an opportunity for the league to make a big statement. Obviously, in this situation, Henry Ruggs is facing severe legal implications. He's looking at, I saw the charge can be anywhere between two to 20 years uh, in prison. But uh, obviously, this is, I think, a stance where the league needs to take a, a bigger stance in that situation. Like you mentioned for um, like Melvin Gordon, like I don't know if you want to maybe throw a two cents in there. I know that was something that you mentioned um, previously. Yeah, sure. Um <clears throat> Like it's, it's 2021, everybody has a cell phone and uh, getting a ride has never been easier after a night out. And for stuff like this to still happen, it's, uh, it's outrageous. Um, it's clearly a, a black mark on the, on the NFL and on the Raiders organization. So uh, hopefully they take it as, uh, as serious as it should be taken. And uh I wouldn't expect to see Henry Ruggs on a football field anytime soon. Um, and understandably so. When I, when I first saw the reports, the first thing I said was like, this is a career ender. This is a career ender. I, I hadn't, I mean, I put in the group chat, I hadn't seen much, but then as the more and more information is coming out and you're, and you're seeing more things happen, it's like, no, like there's zero chance this guy ever plays. I shouldn't say zero. Like I'm, I'm speculating obviously at this point, but um Obviously, it's an uphill battle for him, regardless with the legal system and everything. But um, there's a bigger issue at stake here outside of fantasy football. Uh, I know, I'm sure, Zach, I know you from Saskatoon. I'm, I'm sure you're very familiar with it. Uh, Armin, maybe not so much. But uh, Quinn Stevenson, good buddy of mine from Saskatoon, he died in a, in a drinking and driving accident too. So uh, a larger implication here at stake. It's something that's a societal issue. And like you mentioned, Zach, hopefully something that gets brought to the forefront uh, by the league here. Maybe they, uh, they uh, not that they can make it right, but maybe they can almost spin it to the point of like, you know, this is a social issue, maybe something that needs to be dealt with and, and the NFL can support that, that, that moving forward. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, absolutely. It's something that's so easily of, or something that should be so easily avoided and uh, for it to still be happening. Um, it's, I think it's outrageous. Um, so kind of like, like you said, I think the NFL could make a stand or make a stance of it. And it could be one of their, their, their theme months, essentially how they have October is typically the, the crucial, the, year, the, the, crucial the crucial month or whatever. Yeah. Crucial, crucial, catch. crucial catch. Yes. The, uh, the prostate cancer, the prostate cancer. November is typically their salute to service. Um, everything's camo and military on the sidelines they could do a a sober driving month or a sober driving week or something like that 
obviously, like you said, it's not going to make what happened today go away. It's um, unfortunately that's not going to fix anything, but it could spread awareness, spread um, or just make it more. I don't know, but just like yeah, promote it, spread awareness. Yeah, I'm picking what you're putting down. You know, like how like involves sad or mad. Like I know we have the students against drinking and driving and and mothers against drinking and driving. That something along those lines where you know you can involve an organization and and almost the NFL supports this organization a little bit. You know, put that put that stamp there and have almost a, a, a partnership moving forward. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. It's um obviously a, a tough one to go. We're still learning as we go here. I saw the charges were were laid. There's two charges involved. Um, we're going to know more moving forward. Uh, unfortunately, this is like, we are a fantasy football podcast, but, uh, this does involve your fantasy teams. Obviously Henry Ruggs being a, uh, a draft pick from, from the previous draft year here, a young budding star this season. Uh, but it, it is going to impact your fantasy teams, but obviously, uh, we're not focusing on that so much with this specific issue, but more of the social issue at, at the forefront. So I felt that was, uh, maybe one that we should deal with first, and then we can kind of get into a little bit more of the fantasy stuff. So. Um, now going into, uh, another big piece of information, but this one is going to be hurting a lot of fantasy teams here. Uh, Derek Henry, the, the timeline is six to 10. They're expecting around eight. They said six is the optimistic with a Jones fracture in his foot. Uh, he did come back and play, but he was obviously uh, dealing with that quite a bit. Um, so Derek Henry is going to be out for most likely the remainder of the fantasy football season. And the Titans are just hoping that they will have him ready to go for, uh, for their playoff run. Um, I know there's some, some hotness coming around uh, with some free agent signings and potential pickups on the waiver wire, which leads me into the Adrian Peterson signing. Uh, the Titans have uh, signed him to the practice squad. They're testing him out, getting him ready to go. Uh, I know Adrian Peterson complements that style quite a bit. And that little ground and pound, and then they can set still to play action with Tannehill here. But is that uh, we'll go to we'll go to Armand here. Is Adrian Peterson the guy you're looking to maybe drop that fab on, and you think that they're going to be rolling rolling with, or do you think they're going to be continuing to go with uh, McNichols and and Darrington Evans when he uh, comes off the IR? Uh, you know, I think that's uh, maybe more of a committee backfield there. Um, with with AP they're not signing him for no reason right but uh they're just getting another pony in there to to go with McNichols so they they don't want to probably put too much pressure on McNichols is my guess so AP will probably be the starter but I, I think you'll still get a healthy dose mm -hmm. of those those other two guys McNichols and, and Evans as well especially in the passing game I don't think AP has ever really been involved in the passing game that much um just uh just as a blocker, but not really as a receiver. So, um, yeah, PPR, I wouldn't really be aiming too much on AP, but uh, maybe standard formats, you might be able to get some value there, especially goal line work and stuff. That's that's the thing. I think if you're picking him up and if you're relying on him, you're relying on touchdowns. It was a similar boat with him in Detroit last year. The only difference is obviously the Tennessee Titans offense is significantly stronger than the than the Detroit Lions uh, offensive last season. But I, I actually read an article and it was one of those like um, like spoof articles of what where should Tennessee go from here? This is before they signed AP. And it was the fact that they should try and go into more of a passing offense. You know what? You can't replace Derrick Henry. So why don't, let's try and where you where should you go from here? And it was really diving into the AJ Brown thriving and, and Julio Jones coming off an injury and uh, maybe uh, first year, maybe getting a little bit more touches, you know, I was like, man, like 
my my shares of AJ Brown. I don't <laughs> want this to happen, but I'm very curious on what's going to happen here, and it'll be very telling, obviously, coming up with the the first week without uh, Derrick Henry for the Tennessee Titans in a long time. Yeah, one other thing to consider, maybe talking about that too, is is maybe Tannehill's uh, rushing upside might go up himself. You know, um, question to ask yourself and maybe look at if you're if you're thinking about going after AP two is is ask yourself, is the Tennessee Titans run successful run game um, Derrick Henry or is it the O-line or is it a mixture of both? And and if you feel like it's a mixture of both or the O-line, then yeah, go for AP. But I'm more of the mindset that it's more Derrick Henry and then a little bit of O-line, but probably like 60 to 70% Derrick Henry there. Yeah, I, I, I think you're, I think you're right. There's Derrick Henry is a beast in himself, so it's uh, it's tough to take anything away from him, especially when you're looking at he was possibly uh, a very a high front runner for the MVP race this season. So, yeah, and that's a that's a damn shame, eh? It'd been really nice to see a non QB win it. I was I was thinking back to our MVP predictions, and I don't think anybody of us had Derrick Henry, so we're 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 still alive here, fellas. <laughs> <laughs> One of us can still get our predictions um another couple injuries here two acls we're going to mention uh Jameis winston out with an acl uh he's talking about there's an acl and i believe is an mcl um issue as well too so Jameis's uh season is done now making uh, the front way for Taysom hill who's still coming back from a concussion uh so we'll, we'll see what happens here with the saints moving forward the trade deadline has come and gone and the saints did not pursue a quarterback uh, so they will be moving forward with the, with the cards they're dealt here. So uh, Taysom Hill, I imagine, will be a hot name being thrown around here. And uh, as we, well, we saw last year, what he's capable of with that rushing platform, uh, uh, we'll see, we'll see there. And then the other one is Robert Tunyon. This one happened in the Thursday nighter. Uh, I'm sure if you're watching the Thursday nighter, you weren't surprised. You saw him go down. He tried to stiff arm. Uh, I think it was Buda, Buda Baker, maybe. Um, and as he was stiff arming, he planted weird and you saw him immediately. That leg came up, fell to the ground and he immediately grabbed onto that leg. It was pretty, pretty obvious that he had sustained a, a pretty serious knee injury. And, uh, Friday, Friday afternoon, it was confirmed that he did uh, tear his ACL. So, uh, two, maybe streaming options. I imagine like Jameis and Robert Tunyon weren't uh, locked into your Limus by any means. So. Hopefully these ones don't impact your fantasy team too much, but they definitely are something to move around. Cause if you're in that super flex, uh, maybe you're in a dynasty with ton in there. Uh, those are some names that uh, definitely either maybe we're starting or streaming. That's going to, that might hurt you move forward, but one that uh, definitely is going to hurt your lineups. And I'm curious to hear what Zach has to say this one. Cause I know he has them in a couple dynasties. I know he has them in a redraft uh, keeper league. So Calvin Ridley, uh, he's missed a couple games uh, due to personal reasons. Uh, he missed this week again, meaning this was his third week now uh, due to personal issues. And he uh, put on the social media that he is going to be stepping away from the game of football for a while to focus on mental health. Now, this is an interesting one because we don't know if this is going to be two weeks. We don't know if this is going to be for the year. We don't know if this is the career and he, and Calvin Ridley is done playing football. We, we, we don't know anything at this point. So I'm very curious to, to hear uh, Zach's, Zach's take on this. And obviously uh, before we dive into it a little bit, good for Calvin Ridley uh, with mental health being at the forefront uh, of a lot of social issues right now. Uh, this is, I think really important for a, what I would call a high profile individual going out and saying, you know what, look like, 
I'm in my fourth year right now. I'm should be flying around trying to make a big, big payday and then sign a big contract that then the day my mental health is more important. I need to step away. So I think with, um, with a high profile individual saying that, I think that's uh, really important for, for our society moving forward, but I'm curious to hear your take about what this means. Maybe what, what your speculations might be for Calvin Ridley here, Zach. Uh, before I start there, I'm going to kind of piggyback on what you just said. Um, as a, as a Ridley owner, it was, it was always kind of frustrating on Saturday evening or, or Sunday morning, the notification would pop up that, uh, he was going to be inactive for personal reasons and never really knowing why. But then, uh, like you said earlier this week, uh, or maybe like late last week, it came across that he was stepping away for, for personal health reasons. And, uh, like you said, personal health, um, it's or sorry, mental health is, it's just, you know, regular health. Um, just like you'd step away with a, with a broken arm or a torn ACL. This is just the same. Um, look at guys like Robin Williams, Kurt Cobain, um, and many other examples of all the fame and all the money in the world uh, doesn't necessarily make you, um, you know, a satisfied or a complete person. So credit to, to Calvin Ridley to do what uh, he thought was right and to do what he thought he needed to do to take care of himself. Um, but yeah, yeah, like you said, uh, going forward, I don't know what I'm going to be doing in a couple couple of dynasty leagues um it's uh it's really hard to replace that wide receiver one uh production that he's been putting up the past year and a half so i don't think there's anybody right now that i could go pick up off the waiver wire that's that's going to give him or going to give me that same type of production that he that he's given me so far so right now i'm just going to be relying on my bench relying on the depth that i have yeah, it's um I think if like we fo- we focus on redraft obviously a lot on this podcast, but like in redraft this this is this is very simple. You hold on to him until otherwise, and then if you need to make space to pick up something at the waiver wire, you can trade him or you can cut him or whatever you gotta do, right? Like to if you're if you need to win, you gotta do what you gotta do. The the interesting thing where there's gonna be a lot of speculation and and where there's the added piece of fantasy football is in dynasty leagues where well, what do I do moving forward? Do I sell low? Do I hold on to him? What am I going to do? And that's going to be the tough decision for fantasy owners. Like when there was a speculations about, um, oh my goodness, the name's escaping me here, quarterback, Indianapolis Colts. Andrew Luck. Thank you very much, Andrew Luck. When the speculations was that coming around that like, hey, like I heard rumors that he might retire. And it's like, okay, like good, good joke kind of thing. Um, and all of a sudden <laughs> I was like, no, like I'm done. I'm, I'm stepping away from the game of football. Calvin Johnson, peak of his career. I'm, I'm stepping away from the game. You know, if you go back, you go back in time, hindsight, you know, like, okay, I should have sold him before the rumors or whatever, like playing the hindsight 2020 game. Uh, but unfortunately, you, you don't know, right? That's the part of dynasty. That's a part of fantasy. You, you truly don't know, right? We're just, we're outsiders as third parties playing a game about a game, right? Uh, and we, and we don't know, but um, I think that's going to be the internal battle for a lot of dynasty owners of what do I do with Calvin Ridley? Like, like we talked about, it could be two weeks, it could be a month, it could be forever. We, we truly don't know. And I think maybe maybe the more might come out in a couple of weeks here, but I'm sure as we climb that hump, it's going to be, uh, that's, it's going to be decision time. You're going to have to make, you're going to have to make a decision. And then uh, maybe I might be knocking on Zach's doorstep. And maybe <laughs> I'm the one making that decision for him, but we'll, only time will tell. Um, a couple more injuries to go through here a little bit quickly, just some smaller ones. Um, 
T.Y. Hilton has been ruled out for the Thursday game here with the concussion. Uh, that one was pretty quick. He was out of the game, and then they ruled him out pretty well immediately just with the turnaround and the timelines. He will not be available for the Thursday game. Uh, James Robinson, uh, that injury was expected to be quite severe, and they're quite happy to have avoided that. A little, it's now looking as a day-to-day injury with a, with a foot injury. Uh, they're not expecting it to be serious. He might play. It's kind of in speculation, but when you look at the injuries, James Robinson has looked worse than Derrick Henry's, and obviously the the news flipped a little bit, but uh, that's something to definitely monitor as the James Robinson owner. Um, Kyler Murray has a sprained ankle. They put a timeline of one to two week injury of recovery time, uh, but he's I'm sure he will play. He's expected to play. Uh, it was they're hoping that because he was a Thursday game and now he's going to be the one of the on the Sunday schedule that the extra time might help him heal the, the ankle. But that's definitely something to monitor with Kyler with the upside, obviously, being the rushing platform. Um, just kind of definitely monitor that uh, injury as we come uh, into Sunday. And then the last one is Russell Wilson's timeline might be speeding up a little bit. He got the pin removed out of his finger. Uh, so that's good news if you're a Russell Wilson owner and uh, looking for him to make a big splash with you on your team in the uh, later half of the season. So a few, sm- few smaller pieces of news, but definitely worth mentioning as, we, uh, as we're preparing ourselves for the upcoming week. So um, The Russ news is uh, not just good for Russ owners, but uh, Lockett and Metcalf owners as well. Yes. Emo Gino Smith, you know, he got it done this week, but uh, don't expect me to say that too many more times. <laughs> yeah, he definitely supported the cast, but it, well, I don't think uh, many people are expecting that to be happening uh, week in, week out, like they would be with Russ. So, um, Studs and duds. Studs and duds were the weekly recap here. Uh, I'll start it off, and I think this one's kind of going under the radar just because, uh, you know, he's been steady throughout the season, but uh, I'm going to talk about him a little bit. Uh, running back, I've tried to buy them everywhere. I've even tried to buy high. Like I just think like you, we were only we're we're only at the tip of the iceberg with him at this point. But um, it's going to be uh, Daryl Henderson, running back from the uh, Los Angeles Rams. Uh, I believe right now he's like running back four on the season or something ridiculous like that. He's having himself quite the year. Uh, another good week. Uh, he had 14 carries for 90 and one on the ground. He also had a receiving touchdown, uh, getting him 21.8 points. Uh, he's having himself. He's just, he's been incredible. Uh, the rest of the season schedule is looking juicy. He's somebody that I've been trying to get my hands on everywhere. And I'm kicking myself in dynasty. I could have got him for a first and a second. Um, uh, my first, I offered him, didn't want it. And then somebody else picked him up and he's booming. So I'm, I'm kicking myself a little bit, but he had himself another good week. So my start of the week is going to be Daryl Henderson. Zach, uh, your start of the week. All right, Justin Fields finally put up the the type of game that myself and lots of us have been waiting for. Um, unfortunately for me, it came a week too late when uh, after I dropped him in a league or two. But Justin Fields put up 175 pass yards, one uh, touchdown to the air, uh, interception. But on the ground, he put up 104 yards and a rushing touchdown. Good for just over 25 uh, fantasy points. And this is the type of game, the type of stat line that uh, I think the three of us speculated he was capable of uh, during his rookie season and the pre-draft uh, process. And it's, it's nice to see that uh, it's, it's finally coming to fruition for him. Uh, and I think, you know, the sky's the limit right now. Hopefully he can get uh, Mooney and Robinson a little bit more involved through the air. 
which will which will help himself out have uh, better stats but i was pleasantly surprised to see his stat line at the end of the day on sunday rookie cheat codes man rookie cheat codes <laughs> hopefully hopefully you can keep it going might have to battle for him to try to pick him up off the waiver wires again zach <laughs> uh armin your stud of the week all right i picked a jet for my stud of the week what so that game uh, was could, wild like that was ridiculous yeah michael carter is my stud of the weekend i think we might have finally seen the michael carter that people were thinking was coming out of uh unc yeah unc there with uh javante williams and he now looks like the better back from those two guys he uh he put up uh, 27.7 points on 15 carries, 77 yards and a touchdown, and then nine catches for 95 yards. So he touched the ball 24 times in that game, which is, is great to see that amount of touches for a guy. Um, now that could have just been a um, one-off for that much targets and touches because of the the injury to I think Corey Davis was out right and then also Zach Wilson's injury um but uh maybe now they saw he's capable what he's capable of and now they'll maybe lean on him a little bit more instead of um and we'll have finally have some clarity in that backfield although Ty Johnson did have a decent game as well from from a receiving perspective not a rushing perspective but a receiving perspective but the efficiency of Carter was nice um, being over five yards per carry and then over 10 yards per catch. It, it, that's a nice uh, efficiency for running back as well to see from a, from a young rookie. It'll be interesting to see if they can continue to feed the hot hand here or if they do the typical Jets thing and try and get somebody else involved. And, you know, like uh, <laughs> it'll be interesting to see if that's somebody that you can be trusting and rely on moving forward for the remainder of the season, especially a rookie. Uh, you had a lot of, lot of uh, buzz around him in the preseason. So, be interesting to see if those uh if those uh twitter twitter buzz is going to continue moving forward but uh my dud of the week here and I, I put it in here as a discussionary piece because it is mind-boggling like the kansas city chiefs offense i put everybody in there duds other than tyreek hill because he got peppered with i think it was like 15 targets and 11 receptions and had himself a pretty darn good day but like you watch that game they should have wiped the floor with the Giants. Like it should have been over a long time ago. And uh, you look back to their previous games and it just, they look out of sync. They just don't look right. Uh, Mahomes is leading the league in interceptions. Travis Kelsey just, I don't, I don't know if it's because Mahomes or if he's just, if he's starting to lose it, we're seeing the end or what's happening here. Um, obviously Clyde Edwards-Alaire wasn't doing what we wanted him to. And then he was on the IR. Uh, a lot of those um, other rookies, or not rookies, other receivers, sorry, are starting to get more touches, but they're like one, two, three a game, so they're not even worthwhile starting those guys. There's a lot of concern around the Kansas City Chiefs, and I put it in here as maybe as a, is this a good idea? I want to have a discussion around it. Would you be selling high on the Kansas City Chiefs offense on name value? Alone? I, I'm obviously not talking Tyreek. He's going to have his boom games. He's going to have his bus games. That's Tyreek Killer, right? Uh, more more boom games than bus games. Obviously, that's why he's a highly drafted uh, receiver. But if if you were a Travis Kelsey owner, you're Patrick Mahomes owner, you can get a pretty good haul for them at this point. Uh, are you going to try and sell high based on just name value alone of the Kansas City Chiefs, or do you think they're going to turn this thing around? Because I've been saying it now for three four weeks, they're going to turn it around. They're going to turn it around. 
there hasn't been much turnaround. If anything, they're uh, they're slowly chugging down this this cliff that they've been they've been uh, digging themselves uh, this little hole here. Would you be selling high on names, or or would you be holding and just and hoping for the best? Let me let's, let's hear from Zach. Uh, <clears throat> are we talking redraft or dynasty? Uh, well, I guess redraft. I mean, we mostly focus on redraft. Dynasty, I mean, Travis Kelsey might be the time to pull the pin, but maybe let's focus on a redraft perspective. Uh, so with Mahomes, I would, I would, I would dabble in a trade or two. Um, I think you could get pretty good value still if you got like a, a viable QB one, uh, somebody like Brady plus another starter on your team. Why not? Um, but if you're, if you're just going one for one, I don't know if it's, if it's worth it because you do have that potential um with Mahomes to if they do turn it around if they do figure it out to really go back to that the stats from 2020 2019 kind of where it was just out of this world um with uh with Kelsey kind of like with Mahomes you'd, you'd have to really knock my socks off if you're if you're going to give me like a good Andrews or like a Waller or somebody like that. Sure. I'm, I'm more than happy to, to do that trade. But if you're going to go and give me like a Hunter Henry or somebody, I'll probably just wait it out. You know, the types of guys that you can be picking up off waiver wire, you know, it's not. Yeah. Like it's like I said, it's if, if you can, if they can turn it around, those are, those are must starts. Those are 20 points for Kelsey, 30 points for Mahomes. If on a good week, right? Here's like, the thing with, around. with Kelsey too is is there's only one uh, tight end um, that I can see that's actually outperforming him so far this year, and that's Mark Andrews. On a on a point per week basis, Andrews is is outscoring him, but now Andrews had a bye week, so he has less total points. But um, Kelsey is still tight end two in the, in the whole NFL. So yeah, I, think, I think Dawson Knox was well on pace to try and surpass him until he got injured there. That like, that's ah, man. Like I'm thinking if you're a Travis Kelsey owner, if you go say to the Dawson Knox guy and say, Hey Dawson, Hey, I'll, I'll, I'll trade you Kelsey for Dawson Knox plus DK Metcalf. Like, are you pulling that pin? And are you, are you parting ways with Kelsey to, to gain yourself a Knox and a Metcalf or, say uh, a Knox and um, I'm, I'm a Clorin or, you know, something along those lines, or are you still in like, no, Kelsey is a difference maker. If that's the offer, I pull that within seconds of getting it. Yeah. Like that little, the little chime that you get on your cell phone, it's still <laughs> echoing and I've hit accept. <laughs> like if I can get a, a viable every week tight end one and a receiver one, that's that's a no-brainer that's that's what i'm getting at you know like if you can hey like it's travis kelsey like he carries so much weight but if you watch football and you've been watching the chiefs it has not been pleasant you know like those are the like you used to tune into the chiefs and say like i don't care who wins this is gonna be fun you remember like uh, what was it uh oh geez three years ago when Kansas City played the Rams back when golf was with the Rams and Cooper Cup was light like you remember watching that game it was just like I don't care who wins. This is this exhilarating football that, that there, they couldn't be further away from that right now. Like uh, Mahomes is throwing behind targets. Like I said, there he's leading the league in interceptions. So can you capitalize on that value or like, are you wanting to hold? And 
I, like, I think we're all in consensus that if you get a good enough value, it's obviously worthwhile selling, but, but it depends on if you believe that, Hey, they're going to bounce back. Yes or no. And obviously I think we're kind of stuck in a crossroads where it's like, yeah, I think so. But maybe not to the point where they're in 2020 or, or what do you, what do you think? Yeah, I think it's don't make a trade just to make a trade. Uh, don't make a move just because he's not playing well. It's, you know, you're investing your time and you're investing your money into this. So make a smart decision. Don't uh, don't make a hasty decision just because he's had a, a down week or two. Yeah. And he's still QB six too. Like it, it feels like it's been bad, but when you start looking at the whole picture here, it, it's, it's not as bad yeah. as, I, as it could be. It's not like you have the Detroit lions. Easy now. <laughs> <laughs> Um, I think like, I think that puts it into perspective there. I, mean, I think part of the, uh, part of the uh, puzzle is that the draft capital you put into that too, you know, you, you could have drafted a Travis Kelsey, but you took him or so you drafted Travis Kelsey instead of drafting. Well, I saw in some of these, instead of like an Alvin Kamara, you know, yeah. instead of like an Ezekiel Elliott, you know, instead of, uh, uh, instead of a Diggs, which I guess at this point Diggs is kind of struggling a bit too, but or Devonte Adams, you know, you went after Kelsey in that spot where it's like, okay, yeah, he's tight end one, but what does that mean? You know, like Robert Tunyon yeah. could have be could be a tight end one on a week at this point <laughs> before he tore his ACL, where you yeah. were dra- trying to draft the difference maker, but when you put it in perspective that like, hey, like he's still dominating the position, you kind of like, oh yeah, you know, like it could it could be a lot worse yeah it's it's not the standards that we usually hold kansas city to exactly but even when they're bad they're still good (laughs) (laughs) yeah like my detroit lions right armin (laughs) even when they're good they're still bad yeah even when they (laughs) think they're good they still lost um okay i soaked enough time with my duds just wanted to have a bit of a conversation on that one maybe share some thoughts so zach maybe you want to share your dud of the week yeah so for my dud i said mo alley cox tight end indianapolis colts um i don't think a lot of people would have anticipated him being a a starter for most of the season but he's had a couple of really big games for the colts over the past month um for sure one two touchdown game perhaps two two touchdown games and i was in a position this weekend where i had andrews on a bye in a couple of leagues and i had darren waller out with an injury in another league so here comes uh mo alley cox and he is touchdown dependent i know that but i wasn't expecting the stat line of four targets zero receptions, zero yards, zero fantasy points. Um, I guess the only silver lining in this whole debacle is that he didn't get a touch and fumble the ball um, and get negative points. <laughs> or like a, a, a tight end screen or something, and he throws the ball and it gets intercepted. Like, I we guess I got to look at the bright side, side here. Silver, silver lining. Unfortunately, that's a situation where it was a Jack Doyle week. You know, like we – we had Jack Doyle was hanging out in the reeds for so long that we thought we had surpassed it. And then here he comes and takes the glory away from uh, Moali Cox. But we, we started him in our, in our charity league and we, we felt the burn on that one hard, unfortunately losing this week. But, <laughs> oh, oh man, Zach, I, I felt your pain with Waller and Andrews. I had the same situation in multiple leagues. 
Mo Ali Cox was my streamer in two of them. And man, those two leagues are the leagues where I lost by four and one point. So Mo Ali Cox lost me my matchups. <laughs> Burns, and Burns. like you, I think he was a good, a good choice. I don't think I made like hindsight. I obviously made the wrong choice, but it was an educated decision. Yeah, yeah. given given the prior results, I thought ah, he's got to get get a couple red zone looks, maybe. Got to get um, something. Yeah. Yeah, it's uh, it's a tough one. Armin, do you want to share yours? All right, my dud of the week was DeAndre Swift, and he only put up four point six fantasy points and half point PPR which is way lower than what he's been doing all season. And not only was it that he put up the low points, it was the, the efficiency. I, you, you might hear me say that a lot. I, when I see inefficient players, it, it scares me a little bit. And uh, that's what it was for, for Swift this week. He only put up 2.25 yards per carry, which is just grotesque, especially against the Philadelphia Eagles. And then he had five catches, um, but they only went for 24 yards, and that's 4.8 yards per, per catch, which is where you'd want him to be sitting per carry. And, yeah, I, yeah, just, just ugly with efficiency. He had the opportunities. He touched the ball 17 times, and he just did nothing with it. Um, so that uh, that really makes him a dud for me. The worst week. part about all this too was no Jamal Williams. So you thought he's getting yeah. all the touches. Yeah, oh man, that that one sucked. Yeah. And it, it was a negative game script, but still, like in the receiving work, he should be getting it going in the negative game script. But like their mm-hmm. rookie was a Jamar Jamar uh, Jefferson. Yeah, he put he outproduced him. Like it was just a, it was a head scratch. Yeah. yeah, it was weird. Yeah, definitely scared me a bit. I know we're in trade talks right now about it. So, um, yeah, I, if, if it scared you a bit, you could sell him right now. Well, at least, uh, it's just one stinker and he's, he's put up good seat or a good season all the way so far. And he has shown big playability, but, uh, um, you don't like to see that from a starting RB that, uh, that should be getting the bulk of carries and did get, 17 touches like that's a good amount of touches in today's nfl for an rb yeah gotta gotta get the ball moving a little bit more than that but um we'll continue on here but before we get to the canadian player profile of the week uh, i just want to give a big shout out to limitless gear um limitless gear on there they've been coming out with more and more tukes obviously we talked about the cold weather and bundling up uh it was cold this weekend wore my limitless gear sweater it's nice and warm and uh before i even kind of just <laughs> keep selling it there's one of our students there one of our football kids big limitless gear fan he's always telling us about the limitless gear stuff he's got he's wearing the sweatpants to practice he's wearing his hoodie around the the team room he's uh he's a big fan of the gear he talks about all the time how warm and comfy it is he's a big time limitless gear fan uh so especially in prince alderman everywhere i go i see limitless gear everywhere it's all people are wearing limitless gear masks man limitless gear toques hats sweaters it's everywhere uh, even our even our football boys are getting in on the limitless gear and you know what so can you you can find yourself down on uh, central <laughs> avenue in prince albert or you can order online and uh just like uh some of our saint mary football boys you can be uh you can be decked out in the limitless gear too 
a brand about bettering yourself and believing the possibilities are endless if you set your mind to it. Limitless Gear, Prince Albert, find yourself there. Um, so we'll get into the Canadian player profile. And this one's an interesting one. I was even saying before we recorded the the, um, the individual we're going uh, we're going to be talking about here is a, is quite the story. But before we dive into that one, uh, quick mention. Pulling ahead last week, we uh, we focused on Brett Jones, offensive lineman for the Denver Broncos. And the question was, will the Denver Broncos offense surpass their season average of 348 yards of offense versus the Washington football team? And the answer was no, no, they cannot. 296 total yards. And if you watch that football game, God bless you, because it was awful. It was not a lot of offense, was not an entertaining football game. Uh, last week, Zach and Armin bought that they were going to. I sold, uh, and now I am sitting with a six to three to two lead on our Canadian player profile. So, so chipping away, pulling ahead a little bit, but um, hey, there's still lots of football season left. So, Canadian player profile week number nine is Nathan Shepard, defensive tackle from the New York Jets. So, uh, Shepard was born in Ajax, Ontario, on October 9th, nineteen ninety eight. He is a monstrous six foot four, 315 pounds. Um, in high school, he attended the J. Clark Richardson Collegiate, uh, located in Ajax. Um, after his high school career, he attended college uh, at Simon Fraser University, playing for two seasons, but unfortunately had to leave the university when he was no longer able to pay tuition. Uh, so after leaving his university, uh, he spent times at uh, jobs like plant nurseries, electrical construction, and boxing factories to uh, try and save some more money up to be able to go to school. And eventually he was called by Fort Hayes State University in Hayes, Kansas, uh, where he ended up going down to the States to play some more, uh, more collegiate ball. Uh, he ended up uh, paying for his first semester of school while he was there and playing football, but later was placed on scholarship and was able to continue his, uh, his college career. In 2017, he was named the MIAA Defensive Player of the Year. And then in 2018, he was, attended, um, he was selected to attend the 2018 Senior Bowl. Unfortunately, he was unable to play due to an injury uh, sustained, but he was the first player in school history to ever be selected for the Senior Bowl. Uh, that 2018 uh, NFL draft, he was selected by the New York Jets in the third round, pick number 72 overall. Uh, currently in his career statistics, he has 50 tackles and four and a half sacks. So he is our Canadian player profile of week number nine. So in week nine, the, NF the New York Jets defense is coming off a huge win against Cincinnati. Will the same D be able to hold off Jonathan Taylor and the Colts? So our buy sell question of the week is will Jonathan Taylor finish the week as a top five RB this week from Thursday nighter uh, versus the jets. So I usually go last. I'm going to go first this time as I'm in the lead. And then you guys can maybe differentiate <laughs> make a decision from there. Uh, JT, he's only been a top five running back once this year. Um, so he's hung around lots. I mean, top five is a top, uh, tough, tough bar to hit. Uh, but I'm going to buy in the sense just because I'm a, I'm a JT owner and uh, most teams have been able to get it done on the ground against the Jets. Now, this was a this last week is a tough one to say, but even, even a top five bar is a tough one to hit. But I'm going to buy. I'm going to buy it anyways, and uh, I'm going to hope for the best. Now, uh, we'll go to Zach. Zach, what are you doing? I am going to sell this week um, because even with guys like <clears throat> like Swift and Gibson, 
on by. Um, like you mentioned, getting that top five status is, is quite difficult. And like you mentioned, he's only eclipsed that mark one time this season. Um, the Jets are currently 18th in the league in rushing defense. Um, it's pretty, pretty middle of the pack. Um, but that middle pack, middle of the, the middle group there is differentiated by about 20 yards from 13th all the way down to 22nd. It's about 20 yards difference. Um, however, the Jets have given up the second most rushing touchdowns this season with 12 on the year. Uh, and they're giving up 115 yards a game. Um, so looking at if Taylor, yeah, if Taylor would get 115 yards and a touchdown this week, that would give him around 17 points, which would have been good for 12th uh, on the week uh, this past week. So it's going to be pretty difficult to get those uh, top five numbers any week. So I am going to sell this week. Armand, who are you siding with here? Oh, you know, Zach put up a pretty good argument for selling here. I was I was going in pretty boneheaded thinking I was gonna gonna buy. Um, you know, it's it's the Jets, so you 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 always want to try and bet against the Jets. But uh, and and it should be positive game script for for Taylor on on this week for the most part. And I think that uh, they will. Um, have a lead to be playing with, but the Jets will keep it tight enough that they're not going to just pull JT out of the game early. Mm, I'll buy. I'll buy this week. <laughs> He's coming on the, the buy train. Man, I, I hope JT pulls it out. I need another big W in my dynasty league, so I'm hoping for it. <laughs> Anyways, that'll do it for our uh, Canadian player profile of the week here, uh, Nathan Shepard. So obviously tune in next week when we get into our week number 10 and see how the fellas did. Uh, this week on our buy and sell. So um, heading into our weekly preview teams on bye week, like mentioned from Zach earlier, we got the Detroit Lions and Washington football team. Like you'd mentioned, we also have the Seattle Seahawks and Tampa Bay Buccaneers on bye week. Uh, so we're making some moves and uh, adjusting our lineups accordingly. Um, maybe one of you, your uh, lineups, you have Tom Brady, you need to make uh, make a change. So uh, we'll we'll tune it into Armin here for Armin's full stream ahead. Who you who you streaming this week, Armin? Okay, this week I am streaming Tua because he is owned in only thirty six percent of leagues. He's starting to heat up more, so this might be a buy him and keep him for the rest of the year kind of thing. Even um, depending on how your QB situation is there, um, he should be be eaten in this Houston matchup. But we've kind of seen all year that uh, that Houston is uh, is able to keep games competitive sometimes and surprise us a little bit. So uh, and Miami hasn't been quite living up to expectations. So we should see a a good matchup here where Tua will be throwing them all most of the game. Yeah, I like it. I uh, man, I, in my super flex league, I have zero quarterbacks. Uh, Tom Brady on by and I uh, Sam Darno, who's probably not going to be playing for oh, concussion oh. protocol and who I probably don't want to play anyways. So I'm going to not to, to his own in that league. I'm, I'm in trade talks to maybe try and get a, a quarterback involved in there, but I, I like it, Armin, especially in 36% owned teams. They're starting to pick it up. Uh, Parker's coming back and uh, coming off injury. It looked pretty decent. 
Yeah. I, I'm thinking that's a, that's a nice little play. And obviously get the legs moving maybe against Houston. Might be able to put up some decent numbers. He had a pretty good week last week with uh, Carson Wentz stream of the week. He had himself a decent week and before he started throwing interceptions like anybody's business, <laughs> but still uh, put up some good numbers. So, you know, uh, that, that last week's stream, there were some, he was QB number 10 on the week, but four of the QBs ahead of him were stream worthy. So it was kind of a, a, a win for me, but uh, not a full out. Uh, I had it perfectly right. I'll still give you a W. <laughs> um, so we'll get into the starts of the week here. Uh, we'll start with Armin. You want to tell everybody your start of the week this week? All right. My start of the week this week is Damian Harris of the New England Patriots. Um, they're starting to trust him more and more and more. Um, he's kind of moving up. He he was in that RB3 cat, uh, category earlier this year, and I think he's now moving into RB2. So no longer a flex play, mm-hmm. but an actual RB worth starting weekly. Um, he's getting the carries, he's getting the opportunities, and he he's showing us what he can do with it. I'm getting trusted a little bit more in the passing game, I think, but but uh, not a hundred percent yet, but I, 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 I believe in him and he's got a matchup against the Carolina team this year that even though they have a good defense uh, I think I believe in new England wanting to control the, the game here, especially against Carolina and, and get a lead off the bat and just kind of grind it out with uh, with a good run game. So Damian Harris. He's a, uh, he's been, well, we'll look at some of the stats he's put up the last few weeks. He's he just visible can't be stopped there. I uh well, I'm hoping for it too for our charity league. So fingers crossed on that one. Fingers yeah. crossed for another guy in our charity league here. Let's hear uh let's hear Zach's start of the week. I like this one, Zach. All right. So uh Armin, thank you for getting the wheels going there with the with the two <laughs> hype train. That that leads perfectly into my uh my Jalen Waddle start of the week. Um, he's kind of been up and down the past several weeks. Um, but over the last three weeks, Waddle has seen at least eight targets per game. And in two of those, he has seen more than 12 targets. So plenty of opportunities there for him in Miami. Uh, last week had a bit of a stinker though, only put up 4.9 points, but he did see 12 targets. Uh, this week, he's going up against a bottom third pass defense with the Houston Texans. So I think given the uh, the ineptitude of the Houston's uh, pass defense and the, the budding chemistry between Tua and Waddle, I would not be surprised to see a big, a big day from Jalen Waddle. Yeah, I think this is just... Uh... We're going to become a Miami Dolphins uh, podcast here. Uh, Armin's got to start. Zach's got to start. And I might as well jump on board and get a start here too. Uh, uh, my, my start of the week, I'm going to be going after uh, Miles Gaskins uh, from Miami as well. Um, I think the same thought process here. You, not that um, not that Miami has been uh, a stud team by any means, but for a lot of the same reasons why Zach and Armin uh, have previously mentioned too. I, I like Gaskins against Houston. Gaskins has been a guy that in situations you've really questioned yourself, should I start him? Should I not start him? You don't start him. He booms, you start him and he sucks. It's been uh, a, a real roller coaster. Uh, if you're a Miles Gaskins owner, 
I feel like this is a situation where you can confidently put him into your starting lineup. I think this is going to be a very competitive game. And obviously we've, uh, we've seen in the past that you can use Miles Gaskins in the passing game as well as the rushing game as well. And uh, I think in this competitive game, you'll be able to use Miles Gaskins and he'll be able to put you, uh, he'll be able to give you a, a productive, very productive week uh, from a guy that's, uh, has been most likely sitting on your bench with a, a load of lack of confidence. So this is a week where you'll be able to put him in your starting lineup and uh, and confidently say that you know what he's not going to burn me. So so I'm gonna I'm gonna be firing up Miles Gaskins this week. I'm gonna give uh, one more little bonus here that you is should it, be is another Miami Dolphin. No, no, <laughs> I'm actually uh, I'm going to Green Bay because I was looking at my sit of the week and I want to give a little bonus uh, start dependent on something okay watch Devonte adams status throughout the week and if he is out definitely consider starting aj Dillon if you have him on your bench because uh um with Devonte adams out jones went out into the receiving core a little bit more and you saw a mixture of both those guys sharing the field and and uh aj Dillon did get a lot of carries and he got a lot of of yards on those carries it just was too bad he didn't get a touchdown this last week. So watch out for AJ Dillon if uh, Adams is out again. That's uh, that's a good point. There was uh, he had himself a half decent week actually after previously putting himself in starting lineups and getting negative points. So uh, I think he might be hopefully get trending in the right direction. But uh, you want to share your uh, sit of the week there, Armin? Yeah, uh, my sit of the week this week is uh, Daryl Williams from uh kansas city chiefs he's been doing spot starting since uh edward solaire has gone down um they're playing green bay this week who has a little bit underrated defense i think and then combine that with uh their offense has been pretty good even with adams out last week they um they did uh they were able to put up points when it mattered and their defense shut down kyler murray last week made him look human again so uh you got to expect they can do the same thing to a struggling Kansas city chiefs offense that hasn't looked as good as the Arizona offense. So uh, I would sit Daryl Williams cause they probably, I would expect being negative game script. Um, weird to say about Kansas city <laughs> and, uh, and his efficiency has not been the greatest anyway. So. Um, Zach, this one's uh, this one might ruffle some feathers. Let's hear it. All right. I am sitting DJ Moore against the New England Patriots uh, for a few reasons. A, I hope he sucks because that means the Pats will likely have a, a good game. Um, secondly, um, over the last four weeks, uh, Moore hasn't had over seven, at, seven and a half points uh, in half point settings. Uh, so he's, he's certainly been struggling a little bit. Um, and then take into consideration the players around him, uh, CMC's out. Uh, Rodney Anderson has been a real struggle bus lately. Uh, Terrence Marshall may or may not have retired without telling anybody. We don't know <laughs> at this point in time. Um, and uh, uh, Sam Darnot is questionable. Uh, he didn't finish the game there on the weekend. And if they have now. to start if they have to start PJ Walker, um, I think this is a, a, the type of game where 
uh, Belichick is going to be wrecking havoc on the Carolina offense. Uh, whenever you listen to Belichick, he always says you want to take away the other team's best player. He doesn't care if the third string running back or the second string tight end burns them. He just doesn't want to get burnt by the, the alpha player on their offense. And right now, DJ Moore is that alpha athlete, the, the primary player on that offense. So I would imagine a lot of their prep is going to be around taking more out of the ball game. And uh, I don't think the Panthers have a chance. So I would certainly look to find other options if I was a DJ Moore owner. Yeah, that's, uh, I, I mean, I completely agree with you, especially if no darn old, but that's uh that's a tough tough pill to swallow if you're DJ Moore owner because you're banking on those big couple weeks he had and now it's uh it's trend best definitely trending the opposite direction so I definitely think that's a that's a good piece of advice there from you Zach. It's a very um, astute observation. <laughs> <laughs> um, man, I just after reading a recent piece of news here, I feel like I'm cheating out on this one, but. Uh, Unfortunately, this podcast is going to drop after waiver wires come out. And I really hope that uh, you, you, the listeners, aren't caught in a situation where you spent fab or waiver wire priority on Jordan Howard. You're going to look at Jordan Howard. You're going to see that he had put up a big week, two touchdowns. The Eagles need a new run game because of the injured Miles Sanders. I hope you didn't put the money, the fab on Jordan Howard. And if you did, you cannot start him. You, you cannot start Jordan Howard. Okay, well, first reason, uh, his stat line was he had 12 attempts, 57 yards, and two scores. Well, this was a blowout game from start to finish. The Detroit Lions got completely embarrassed. Um, They didn't really need to utilize their horses. The other was that Boston Scott was dominant in this game, and not to mention rookie sensation. I shouldn't say sensation, but rookie (laughs) on the scene here, uh, Kenneth Gainwell. Uh, He was having a great start to the year. This was supposed to be his breakout and then he was repping with the twos and unfortunately did not have many touches this week i think kenneth gainwell is somebody that you'll start in a negative game script as he is a quite uh quite good pass catcher um but uh looking at boston scott i think he's going to carry a lot of the load and uh, jordan howard uh, has been making his rounds he's been a thorn in many uh fantasy owner sides by by uh, vulturing red zone carries but um, they've already, and to show you why you shouldn't have any faith in Jordan Howard, they activated him from the practice roster, put him in the game as soon as the game was finished, or I guess not quite finished. This was happened uh, not too long ago here. They've already placed him back on the practice squad um, as a hold and not on the active roster. So hopefully you didn't waste any waiver priority or, or waiver wire funds on Jordan Howard. And if you did, please, Lord, do not start him because uh, – He's, uh, there's a real good chance he doesn't even touch the ball this upcoming week, let alone be in your active lineup. So, so do not start Jordan Howard. Um, well, finish it off here with my favorite segment of the week, Zach. All righty. Here we go. That's Zach's pretty- upset of the week. Let's hear. He is currently off a of big W this past week. So let's hear what he's got for this one. Oh, I was a nervous Nelly there for a little bit. Uh, that that game was on the. That game was on the ticker as I was watching another game, and oh, I was nervous. Um, this week, I am taking the Jets as 
10 and a half point underdogs against the Colts. Um, is there a chance the Jets could pull off the upset and win two uh, big games in a row? Perhaps. We don't know what Mike White is capable of. Um, this guy could be the second coming of Joe Namath for all we know. <laughs> or he could be a flash in the pan. Yeah. Your guess is as good as mine. Um, but this season, the Colts average scoring margin has been plus 2.1. So looking at their games over the past, uh, well, since the beginning of the season, um, they've had a couple of huge wins against uh, the Texans. And uh, I believe they beat up on the Dolphins as well. Um, and then the rest of their games have all been pretty close. So, uh, I think those, those big blowouts are, are really impacting that number, that 2.1 margin. So I, I don't think the jets necessarily will win the game, but I do think they have a good chance of, uh, beating the spread and, uh, and doing what they need to do to, uh, win the, the bet or or whatever it is. I still have no idea how this works. <laughs> I've been big into that. Me and my couple of buddies have been doing pools. Uh, we get into a four of us and been doing the pools picks. That might be one I'll box for you, Zach. Box Looking forward the, to it. Box the Jets to take the Colts as an as the uh, upset or at least almost the upset by covering the spread. Like this game is a game that, I don't know, probably like 10 years ago as a – well, even more than 10 years ago. These are like my two most disliked teams forever. Uh, the Colts with Manning yeah. and that high-powered offense for so many years. And the Jets, are they're just the Jets, but uh, especially when, when Rex Ryan was in town. So this game would have been a game where I would have been sitting in front of it, just watching and being like, I hope everybody twists an ankle and uh, – Nobody can play. I hope they win. You just want to see the, you just yeah, want to see I, the world burn during that game, eh? Yeah, I want to see like uh, Bane show up and that field just get engulfed. <laughs> oh man, what a reference! Um, hey, it's uh, it's nine fifty, and I'm just uh, got a notification here that the the Raiders have officially released wide receiver Henry Ruggs. There you go. Mentioning a little bit what we started at this at the beginning of the episode, coming full circle here. Obviously, this isn't the end of that news. There'll be more to come from that. But uh, uh, Henry Ruggs has been released and is now a free agent uh, in the NFL. So coming it's, full uh, circle. I find it interesting when when news like this breaks. Typically, in in my memory, when a team acts fast like that, it's it's never a good sign for that player and they're standing in the NFL. You have a guy like like Deshaun Watson who has 21 or 22 pending uh, sexual assault allegations hanging over his head, and he's still employed by the Texans. Um, I believe Ray Rice was on a list for a while, not cut by the Ravens, if I'm not mistaken. But then you have an example where within the same day, Henry Ruggs gets cut. Um, within a day, I think, of Hernandez, Aaron Hernandez being arrested, he was cut. Cream um, yeah, like I think when when teams make a, a firm stance like this, it uh, it 
definitely sends the right message to the players that uh, nobody's above the law and that we all have to be accountable for our choices and for our actions. Especially in an organization where there's been a dark light over top of them for the last couple of weeks here. I think that's, uh, like you said, that quick, that snap decision, I think was obviously the right decision that's, I mean, in this sense, it's a no-brainer right there. I mean, like, what's the what's the benefit of keeping them, right? So I think it's sending the message that, hey, our organization is legit. We're, we're moving in the right direction to make the right decisions. And uh, we're, we're acting on behalf to to not only change the culture of our organization, but to obviously make a difference moving forward. So I think that's uh, I think that was a no-brainer, kind of like what you're hinting at there, Zach. Yeah, like sometimes a, a hasty decision isn't the best decision but i think in in these cases where um the evidence is pretty damning um i think a hasty decision is often the best decision yeah go get brian edwards that's all i gotta say (laughs) like who else is gonna catch the ball hunter Hunter renfro yeah ppr machine yeah maybe you'll start getting some downfield targets and you're gonna really want some hunter renfro yeah maybe waller will uh come back to what he started the season like well that's once, uh, he's, the, once he's not injured yeah yeah you're not kidding i think well that's kind of to do with like what I mean, we're, we're running a little bit long here but that's look at the brian edwards break a little bit the henry ruggs break at the time was starting to eat away a little bit at those targets but now i think with losing some of those potential targets i think maybe that might be coming back to waller a little bit he might start getting those that tight end production that you've been really hoping for but We've been running long here, so we'll wrap it up. We'll save some more uh, some more fantasy football talk maybe for next week. So uh, anything to add in here quick, fellas, before we wrap this thing up? Uh, just uh, best of luck to you guys. Uh, beat the team in red uh, this week. I'll be cheering for you guys from my coach in uh, Saskatoon. So good luck, you guys. Yeah, I appreciate that, Zach. Yeah, thanks. It's, uh, yeah, it's no a- problem. It's a big, big week of football, so fingers crossed here. We'll be dropping this on Wednesday, Thursday kickoff. We'll uh, we'll give you guys the full recap. Oh, you guys, you guys play on Thursday now. Yeah, Thursday got moved because we uh we couldn't get the the game day staff among with other things. It's, uh, so she's on Thursday now instead of Friday. You really should have pushed for that game at SMF. Would have been there. Yeah, with uh sitting in that, I would have been in the nice warm booth. I wouldn't have been complaining about the cold weather. Yeah, nobody loses at SMF. Everybody yeah. wins. Yeah, it's a good day when you're sitting in a warm booth. But yeah, well, uh, I'm I'm excited. I mean, it's I can bear the cold when it's uh, when it's a big game like this on the line. The kids are fired up. Uh, we mentioned that we couldn't play the Canadian Tire Cup games, so Canadian Tire Cups on the line. Div two's on the line. It's uh, it's a big game for PA mm-hmm. PA football, and and uh, there's a lot of buzz around the community. So I'm excited. Like I said, win, lose, or draw, it's it's a good day for the community. So. Big, big day for PA football, but I'm that'll uh, that'll do it here for us uh, from the 306 Fantasy Football Podcast for episode number 26. Um, good luck this week, you guys. Week number nine. I know it's been a tough bye week for some people, so hopefully squeeze out a W and keep riding that emotional roller coaster we call fantasy football. Uh, good luck this week, everybody. Take care. Talk soon.